Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. On today's show, a new look for Woods, but the same old problems for Lampard, and Mikey goes in hard on City and FFP. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of A Pod of Two Halves. It's episode 68, and I'm in a good mood. A very, very, very good mood. I'm here with uh, Mr. Lee Collard and Mr. Thomas Woods. I'll go to you, Lee, first. Could you let the listeners know, Mr. Collard, why I'm in a good mood? Uh, it may have something to do with uh, a little game last night that incurred between your team, Man United, and Mr. Woods' team, Chelsea, obviously resulting in a glorious victory, you might say, for, for United. Now, before we get into the show properly, I would just like to make a, a, a kind of a comment, if you will. <laughs> yeah, Just a little comment for the people at home, because... <clears throat> What, 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 what the people at home can't see, or if they're on the tube, wherever they happen to be when they're listening to this, this show, they cannot see the change in appearance in Mr. Woods, you see. <laughs> now, we turned the webcam on about, what, 10 minutes ago, about we were that, talking yeah. through the show, and uh, Mr. Woods has been shorn, yeah? The hair has been cut. Now, Mr. Woods had very, 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 very long hair. Would you please describe what his hair looked like, Mr. Collard? Um, like, like, like a cross between Triple H and Jesus. And to be honest with you, I think if you'd have said to Woods in three years time, what would you like your hair to be? He may have actually said a cross between Triple H and Jesus. So nailed it, mate. Nailed it, basically. And now he's <laughs> Literally got... Literally like Jesus. Ooh. And so Woods has a new... <laughs> Woods has a new Too haircut. Soon? <laughs> Woods has a new haircut. And uh, Lee... Akin it to looking like uh, uh, could belong in Game of Thrones, is what he said. He looks glorious. He does look glorious, right? For all the people back home, now Woods is married, but he looks absolutely glorious. That's for you, Daryl, because, uh, you know, I know you like a bit of Woods. Um, <laughs> um, what I'm wondering, Woods, because I want to ask you this question, because you've, okay. you've had this hair for a long time. You know, you've been growing it forever. 
Yeah. Did you decide to, to lose the locks because they were encapsulating the poor performance of the Chelsea team? <laughs> looking rather dishevelled, disappointed, but were they a symbol of everything that you have grown to, grown to love of Chelsea and maybe may have faded away thanks to the gutless performance last night? <laughs> if it was, I mean, I got it cut Saturday, so obviously it didn't improve things for Monday, did it? No, no as far as I'm concerned, you literally watched the game <laughs> I last watched night. the game, walked outside, found an open barber's at 10 o'clock. No, and was I, like, I just want to say... I've got some shears from the shed. Yeah, mate, Woods there, just scissors, <laughs> taking it to his own head. <laughs> How are you doing, man? Well, let's, yeah, are you okay? How do you, you feel? You know what? Like, I'm not going to lie, uh, for about an hour and a half... Um, <laughs> During the football yesterday, I wasn't in a great mood, but it, you know it is what it is. Um, you you ride with this; it is part of the process. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's disappointing, um, but yeah, it, we've lost United three times this season, so I'm used to it. This is fair. Well, before we get into that, we'll have the cursory glance around the table. Mister Collard, how was your weekend, man? What did you do? Um. Good as always. What did I do? Uh, what did I do, Michael? <laughs> You've put me on the spot. Well, the weather's been shit, hasn't it? Um, played so, a lot of Call of Duty, right? Yeah, so I didn't do a lot other than play Call of Duty, which is one I seem to do quite a lot now, actually. Valentine's Day? Oh, well, that was on Friday, yeah. I had, had a nice meal. Um, did a little park run on Saturday, of course. Standard now. Doing the old park run. Um, and yeah, then the weather took over and restricted me to my couch where I just proceeded to kill a lot. Well, I say kill a lot of people. I didn't really kill a lot of people. I probably died more than what I killed, but yeah. We even had Jackson join us, didn't we? We did have Jackson join us. Is, he, you, is he tasty on that? I, I, I get a feeling that Jackson on Call of Duty would be pretty mustard, right? He's, 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 pretty, he's, he's getting tasty. He's, he's tasty, yeah. mate. He's tasty. He's regularly the top out of us three. But, but, I will, get, I will interject with a giant but here. On, me and Lee have to play split screen, you see. So even though I have a glorious TV, humble brag, the, <laughs> the, 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 the visibility isn't quite what you would like. So we do, we do, it does hamper us, I feel, especially on open maps. Now, Jackson uh, had Jamie around his house yesterday. Uh, no, Sunday. And uh, no, was it yesterday? Sunday. No, it was Sunday, Sunday. And um, I played Call of Duty with them whilst Lee was out. And so Jackson then had to deal with the split screen. And all of a sudden, we're seeing two kills. Two kills Jackson. <laughs> Two kills, Jackson. Wow. Couldn't cope. Couldn't cope. Your boy here got 84 kills on one map. Yeah, Which he likes that, to also brag about. Did that go yeah. on the LinkedIn as well? It should go on the LinkedIn, yes. I'm not going to explain that joke because people from work listen to this. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> um, how was your weekend, Woods? What did you do? Um, God, yeah, the weather was pretty restricting here as well. I'm trying to remember that. I got my hair cut. Uh, that happened. That was Monday. Um, That's not the weekend. Uh, what else? Yeah, that, that was last night. Yeah, um, trying to think. There was there was football on this weekend. I didn't really see much of it, to be honest. Um, it was the, the the last of the winter break, wasn't it? So it was a bit. Yeah, didn't really watch much of it, to be honest. Um, Sunday, um, Lauren wasn't feeling particularly well, so I was trying to entertain my daughter as best as I possibly could. Um, How did you do this? Uh, Number blocks and number blocks and number. That's a TV show, uh, by the way. Um, it it's basically a wonderful show which teaches kids about numbers and counting, and she just really likes it. I'm also been working on teaching her to kick a football, so um, she's already got better technique than Jackson. Um, 
which, outside of the boot. Yeah, basically, she will use the instep, head over the ball. So you know, these these are positive things. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. How did you spend your Valentine's evening? Uh, I, what did we do? Uh, I, I did cook dinner. That happened, but that's that's a pretty regular thing in this household. Um, what else did we do? I'm pretty sure we put a movie on. What did you cook for dinner? I want to know. I want to know. Something vegan, mate. Um, <laughs> what did I cook? Riveting. I honestly can't remember. It's so long ago. We watched Toy Story 4 as well, uh, which is, I believe, the worst of them. I haven't watched uh, it. It's, it wasn't needed, um, and they spent too long with Buzz and Woody like not together for this kind of farewell movie and like the moment that they kind of separate and go their own way, spoiler alert. Um, it, it's kind of just, that's it. Uh, that's the way, best way I would describe it. Just needless money grab by Disney. Shock. There's a surprise. How's it going, Star Wars fans? Anyway, <clears throat> let's get on with the show. Let's get on with the show. Let's get on with the show. We're going to start, obviously, in the most obvious place. Um... <clears throat> His face over there. He, he's looking forward to this. What did you say to me earlier, Woods? You weren't excited about this? You're not looking forward I, to this? I, I, to be fair, Mikey, the thing is, is with you, you're actually, I, I, you are pretty good with this. Um, the, the, my biggest concern, and I did communicate this to Lee before we started recording, is I, I worry that Lee's going to side with you on, on the VAR topics, and that's going to really wind me up. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know, you know one of my thoughts. Yes. Probably what was the... Probably one of the bigger influences of the game, wasn't it? it I mean, it's pretty key. I mean, I, first things first, I, I, before we get into the video, I do want to say that Chelsea, as, as a team last night, uh, were pretty dreadful. Um, apart from, I thought, Kovacic. I thought Kovacic was literally the entirety of our team, um, both from a midfield and attacking sense. We had nothing else really going for us. But when I saw the team sheets, I sent you the team sheets for the United team sheets um, first because I saw them coming through. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. United lining up with a back five, um, and obviously pace and attack and it, it very much set how they were going to set up which was uh, absorb pressure hit on the break with Fernandez through to the front two um, and I thought okay uh, that's not the strongest lineup. we'll see what che- and then Chelsea's lineup come out and it was just the front three of Pedro Batshuayi and Willian I, I imagine that Ollie was already smiling once he saw that um, and Batshuayi who Roy Keane savaged before the game uh, and he, he was dreadful. So this is where we have to interject and ask, why the fuck was he starting? Uh, that, he, so so this, at this point, I, I, there are decisions that Frank Lampard made last night, which you just have to question at this point. Um, I'll, I'll, start, I'll start with the goalkeeper because the idea of uh, dropping Kepa for Caballero seemed like a kick in the ass, right? Fair enough. You want to try and light a fire under your keeper. You go away then for your winter break. Everything gets you know sorted. Go back to your number one. Um, but no, Caballero is still in goal. Uh, he's now faced his last four shots in the penalty area have all gone in. So his numbers are actually worse than Kepper's. So we've now got the two worst goalkeepers in the league. Um, but the, yeah, the question on why Giroud wasn't playing is um, it's beyond me. Because I mean, Bashawai must look incredible in training. That's all I can work out. Because um, he, he was dreadful last night. He, he looks bereft of any confidence, any time... And, and got... ability. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't help either. He's never been particularly good for what it's worth. I've always felt his, his movement, not great. Finishing, not great. He's just... He's an okay athlete. 
and that's pretty much it. Um, if Giroud's starting, he's just he, a disaster he up front. Sorry, if, if Giroud's starting, he scores one of those chances that he had, surely. I think so. I think so. And I think also the thing is, is with Giroud is that his intelligence into play would mean that players can get the ball into him and, and feed off him. So the players like Pedro could play better with a Giroud as opposed to playing with a Bashawai because they can feed the ball in and get it back by clever movement. Uh, with Bashawai, the ball was going up and it just wasn't sticking. And I think that uh, Bayern Maguire were just comfortable, had a comfortable evening against him. Um so, yeah, I really wanted to kind of start with the fact that overall I thought the performance was poor. Um, injuries are starting to rack up. It's really highlighting our lack of quality and depth. Um, the reasons for that, due to probably five, six years of terrible transfer business where we spent an awful lot of money on players that are not at the club and are on loan. Um, it's just, yeah, it was it was really frustrating last night just to, to sum it all up and... You know, the VAR decisions didn't help my mood. Um, the Maguire one, I, I can't understand what the point in VAR is if they're not going to use VAR for those decisions. And I know they did, but I, I just can't understand. I've seen, my first instinct was, oh, that can't be deliberate. Right, that was my first instinct. And then I see a replay and I'm like, oh, he did kick him. And then every replay I've seen since has just basically reinforced my feelings about this, that that's a red card. And uh, VAR seemed to, Look at it and decide not. Um, I don't know what your feelings are about that, Mikey. I, I don't know if being on the red side of of that interaction that you feel differently. I think if I'm a Chelsea fan, I'm pretty annoyed. Mm-hmm. And certainly if that happened to me, I'd be pretty annoyed on the other team. Um, my initial reaction, if I'm, I'll be completely honest with the pair of you, my initial reaction was that he put his foot up like that to protect himself because he thought the guy was falling on him. Right, and after the game, that's exactly what Maguire said. Because, <laughs> because the thing is, we've seen we keep seeing slow motion. Really? Yeah, no, right, oh, no, 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 honestly, okay, we keep you... seeing. Sl- let me let me talk. Yeah, we keep seeing slow motion replays of this. Right, if you watch it in real time, they're going at quite a pace. Maguire's sliding. He's not actually looking at the player. He looks up, and the player looks like he's coming down on him, and he and he pulls his foot up almost to protect himself. But then, why does he then extend his leg after? Because obviously, the if guy the that, falls the, on the him. guy hasn't come. If the guy, if he thinks the guy's falling on him, you're going to put something in your leg to stop it, right? And if there's no guy there, your leg extends. Well, you know my what my initial the son, reaction was. Put it was. this way: I think the Son one is miles worse, right? Oh yeah, like I, I've seen people comparing that. Son basically deliberately kicks Rudiger because Rudiger's standing over him. I, you know what? The, the, the red card situation, I can't. That's not even the one that annoys me because. Um, Okay, I didn't agree with the decision, but we move on. It's fine. Um, playing against 10 men at Stamford Bridge has got no guarantees anyway, as, as we've shown against Arsenal. Uh, we went to pieces after Arsenal went down to 10 men. Uh, the one that really frustrates me is, is the uh, Zuma goal. Um, again, if you just focus on the uh, Aspilicueta, uh brendan Williams interaction, completely understand why it was ruled out. But I can't see how... With VAR, you're not looking at the whole event. It's it's crazy that you can't basically see a push that forces Aspilicueta forward into Brandon Williams, which is what the ultimate situation was there. It's, if anything, it's a foul by Fred on Aspilicueta, 
which it isn't anyway because it's a goal. I, I just don't understand how VAR have looked at that and come up with that decision. Um, it, can I ask Woods, is, is it <laughs> excessive enough in terms of the push by Williams? Because my thinking on that one was that it, it wasn't. Um, I think Aspilicueta's reaction afterwards is quite exaggerated in terms of that he then knows he's had a little push. And I think he's then gone in harder on, on Fred. I think, um, I think Brandon Williams is very clever for what it's worth. Uh, he's the one that got pushed by Aspilicueta because... He barely gets touched. I and he think, just goes. And I he, think it is smart from him been to done. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you ask me, I think he's been done because what Fred did is not a foul, in my opinion. It's a contact sport at the end of the day, and he's used his forearm to push him. It's not like he's shoved him with his hand, and he's pushed him kind of in the small of the back to a degree as they're running in. I don't think that's. No, I, no, think no, I you agree. See I, that I, when I say it was Fred, it was a, it, it's not a foul. I completely agree. But, but I also yeah. think. It's not enough for Aspilicueta. I don't think it's enough for Aspilicueta to go and do what he then did in that such exaggerated manner. Because you put two hands on an opponent and push them, that's a foul. Uh, no, I, 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 I mean, can see the interpretation of it. Whether again, whether if I'm in your shoes, I'm probably pretty annoyed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But it's one of the, VAR or no VAR, these decisions go against and for the teams throughout the season anyway. You know what I mean? But, the, uh, but, this, but this goes back to the original problem we have with VAR is the fact that it's not consistent. Because for no, stuff like this, it's subjective. Uh, there was a guy I read in a forum last night who was saying, oh, you shouldn't use VAR for offsides. And I was like, that's the only thing it's it should be used thing. for. And, and Gary Neville was right with that. Like, I, I had no qualms about the offside. Do I think that these, these marginal calls are, are good for the game? That's debatable. I don't particularly think they're great. Because it's not in the, of the game. rule at this point. But... But yeah, but ultimately, it's a black and white decision. And it's a black and white decision because is he in front of the last man? Yes, it's offside. Simple as that. And Gary Neville made a very clear point. I think Martin Tyler was trying to argue the fact that, yes, that is right. But is it the right way of using it? It's, it's, it's going to be discussed, no doubt, at the end of the season. I don't know what they do with it. I still feel they're going to have to go with what they're doing right now, to be honest. Um, they can't back out now, surely. Well, they're talking about having, what is it, uh, a leeway or... Daylight and all this. I don't know how, said, isn't it? It's going to be very difficult to understand how that's going to be put in. But that's that's hardly the most egregious one we've seen this. We've seen some absolutely mental calls this season using VAR for offside. But um, that, to me, the VAR discussion. Look, I can understand from your point. My point is, you know, my opinion is is that it was a red card. It was a goal. I can understand from your side. So uh, that's like I said, not really my frustration. My frustration is that I thought you were not very good on the the evening. Um, I don't think Manchester United played particularly well either. Um, no. they, they just happened to take their moments when they came. Chelsea failed to take theirs when they were presented to them. It was an exceptional piece of skill by uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who, who just, I mean, it's dreadful defended by William, who's so flat-footed there. Um, and it's a really, really good header from Martial as well. Who a took player advantage. who, throughout the game... Was abysmal. He was dreadful. Oh he my was, god! It was a really, really bad. Him and Batshuayi were having a competition to could see who is the worst player, not yeah. the worst striker, the worst player ever. Absolutely, god. I'm, I mean, we were talking literally just before the goal about the fact that he should be yanked, Martial, and he literally then went and scored, uh, which is that classic yeah. commentator's curse. But obviously, we're not commentators. Um, you know, there's obviously circumstances that went into that. Um, Chelsea's game management is so questionable and I don't know if that falls on the players or the coach or both 
Christians has gone off the pitch with apparently a broken nose. Okay, that's apparently what what happened with the um, impact with Martial. But we've got possession, right? It's half time. We're down to ten men on the pitch, and then someone decides to rake a pass from our path up into the you know to Bashawai. Who's offside? It was a free kick. It was our free kick. We had control of the situation. Yeah, and somehow we've basically gifted the ball back to Manchester United, down to ten men, right on half time. Instead of uh, using your heads, keeping possession, we have Kovacic and Jorginho in there. Just keep the ball, see the half out, go into the dressing room, nil nil. As it is, they pump it long. Bashawai's offside, and the next time Chelsea see the ball is picking it out the back of the net. Christensen comes on obviously with his broken nose, probably still starry-eyed. He shouldn't have come back on, to be honest, because I think that caused the problem because Jorginho had stepped in. Um, and when eventually Christian comes in, there's a massive space where Jorginho needs to be filling because he's basically sitting in, at the base of our midfield that, that Fred takes full advantage of. Um, a Fred who had another good, good game, I thought. I thought Fred... Um, and I thought Shaw, I think Luke Shaw deserves credit. I thought he was pretty good. And, and I think that uh, Bruno Fernandes as well looks, he looks a really, really good player. But Fred took advantage of that space, got the ball into Ambasaka, who twisted Willian inside out. And, and then Martial took full advantage of the fact that Christensen wasn't switched on from, from obviously being smashed in the face. Um, 1-0 at half time, And I felt the game was over at that point because we never looked likely to score. Uh, and Manchester United are very good at playing on the counter-attack. Yeah, ultimately, it wasn't a counter-attack goal for the ISA. The ISA came from an unbelievable corner from Bruno Fernandes. You know, they, they, the second he hit that, I was already waiting for it to go in the net. I haven't seen us take a corner like that for a long time, mate. 2003, when he hit that, mate. Yeah, that's the last time you would have seen a corner like that. And you when know why that, that is. Similar to you, mate. I, I got that all. That, that's actually a fucking good hit. You know what I mean? I was like, that's, that's begging. And obviously, uh, Maguire feasted on it. Um, Rudiger. Uh, John Terry spoke about this, apparently, in North America. He's doing some punditry, I believe. And John Terry highlighted the fact that, you know, if you can't allow Maguire to get a run. Rudiger needs to be tighter to him to like, impede that progression to get to the ball. As it is, he's given such space to Maguire to take a run at him that he's got no chance once Maguire gets there. So both Christensen and Maguire... That's Christian McQuire, sorry. Christensen and Rudy are, are culpable for both goals. Our centre-halves, again, again culpable in those moments. Um, yeah, overall, disappointing. Um, I, I said several weeks back that I fancied Manchester United to finish top four. Um, I still feel confident with that prediction. That's not going to change. I, I think that um, players are coming back from, from injury. I think that's going to be key. I think that... Obviously, McTominay is going to be pretty close. It's going to be really interesting if Pogba fancies it as well. I know there's all this whole Mino Raiola shit going on, um, and he's he's obviously angling to get him out of that club. No surprise. But I'll be interested if Pogba kind of sees playing with Bruno Fernandes and Fred, sees maybe that looks a bit more fun than it, what it was. Maybe he does get involved again. Uh, but I, I feel confident. And obviously, the fact that <clears throat> the news came today that uh, Son has obviously had surgery on his broken arm that further uh, impedes Tottenham's progress you know, Spurs are clean. absolutely fucked by the way they are their goals are gone now they've got nothing um, <laughs> we're saying that they, they, they've they got the, the charity FC at the weekend so um, despite not having Kane and Son they are playing against Chelsea and their back line and <laughs> their goalkeepers um, so it's not all doom and gloom Spurs fans um, but yeah I still fancy United to take take that 
that fourth place. Um, for Chelsea, we had a really good run of, of results, I think, through September, October, November, uh, which put us in an incredible position. But since uh, losing to City at the Etihad, I think we've taken like 14 points from like possible 42. It's something like truly dreadful. Um, the players look like they can't handle the pressure of playing at home. Um we don't have quality in the final third without Pulisic being in the team. Um, and we're very fortunate that Tammy Abraham brought goals to this team because otherwise, God knows where we would be. Question for you. Mm-hmm. No, we're, we're over on the time by some seconds. I can't see because of the line 20. on your phone. Um, Lampard. Yeah. I thought that was an abysmal performance from him. From I agree. the selection to the in-game management to everything. And I, I, I do agree. Watching that performance last night, I, I've you know we've talked as I mentioned on the show last week. We talk about the process and all this kind of stuff. I don't know what Chelsea's style of players. I have no idea. I just don't, moments, don't know what we're trying. I don't know what you're trying to do. The, the thing I don't think that the playing staff being available to him helps the situation. There was moments yesterday where Kovacic would beat the entire Manchester United midfield and get into the final third and he'd look up and he'd be the furthest blue shirt forward. And I'm like, well, what the hell is going on here? Where, where are all our attacking players? And um, it did look a muddle yesterday. Um, losing Kante that early, I think he should have been brave. I think he should have taken off um, Kante and put on Marcus Alonso and I would have shifted it to match United up. Um, and basically got Reese James and Marcus Alonso further up the field to offer the, the delivery into the box. Um, I think the injuries also hampered him in making the decision on yanking Bashawai at halftime. I think Bashawai owes the 20 minutes that he got in the second half very much 67 to... minutes he played. He did, but I mean, he would, he would have been yanked Fuck at halftime me. if it wasn't for a broken nose to Christensen. So, because Zuma's had to go on, we only have one sub left, and I think he was reluctant with these injuries racking up to make that substitution at half time. So his hands are tied, but his handling of Kepper, it's, it's questionable. I don't, I, I can't for the life of me believe that he looks at Caballero and believes genuinely that's a better goalkeeper than Kepper. Kepper isn't the answer, right? We know this now, but Caballero is terrible, terrible. As an unbiased opinion, Mr. Collard, what are your thoughts on Chelsea right now? Um, yeah, I think you think you kind of summarised it. I, I'm not really seeing a, a particularly playing style um, when you, when you watch them. I mean, there, there were there were some nice moments last night, and I think Woods is also right. I think the, the playing staff, or the, certainly the, the team he put out last night, the starting eleven, um, it hampered them a little bit. Um, there, like I said, there were some nice moments, there were some nice interchanges, but more often than not, it was too far back. Um, as Wood said, like Kovacic was pretty, pretty much the, the furthest forward player a lot of the time. When you, I, I was, I thought, this is what I noticed. I felt like the times they were Chelsea were uh, attacking, and they kind of looked to see that. Well, Batshuayi is my option here, and they didn't. They didn't choose him, and they went out wide, or they went and they come back inside, and they didn't uh, pick him out. When Giroud come on, they obviously they looked for him a lot more, and they fed off him a lot more. So, um, I, I don't know. For for me, I. I it, Maybe a bit too much pressure on, on, on all the youth players and with the other playing staff, as Woods mentioned, not being up to scratch, it's kind of maybe a bit of a recipe for, for non-success. And Lampard? I, I, well, 
you want to kind of give him the benefit of doubt. It's his first season and he's only really had one season at Derby before. Um, I think, yeah, last night I thought, I thought he was poor. Um, I don't think he should have started Batshuayi in the first place, which is right. He probably couldn't have obviously brought him off earlier because of the injury situation and the subs that had already been made. But um, for me, that straight away was... You could just see it. It was a major... He's bereft of confidence. When he did get chances, he, he, he snatched at him. He wasn't good enough. I think that was a major error. Um, I don't know um, with the centre backs Woods where, where was mm-hmm. is Tamori out at the moment <laughs> he was on the bench I, I can't answer that question what's going on there um, it's because it's, he was giving him a run in and, and he was our best centre half when he was playing I don't understand it honestly I don't know what's happened there I, I don't know if he's not fit enough to play 90 or what's going on there but the fact that at half time Zuma came on instead of Tamori as well was uh, a big question mark to me I don't I don't know um, is, is the, it sounds is like he's answer. got muddled thinking. He just doesn't know what, what to he doesn't, do. Or he doesn't 11. know his best team. I think he's he's struggling with that thing, which I think, you know, top players, when they go in to be managers, struggle with this, I think, because they can't understand why the players aren't as good as them. And they don't have the same application that they had as individuals. I think that's obviously the biggest thing that I think players, especially Roy Keane, uh, and I think even like Glenn Hoddle and people like that have struggled with when they've gone into management is they can't understand why they're not able to match the same high standards that they had as players. And I'm wondering if there's something maybe like that going on. I don't know, is, though, really with tomorrow. Sasha won't have those worries, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. But, uh, I mean, Frank Lampard's doing doing what it takes to keep Ollie in the job next season. So, you know, I'll find the positive there. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the Going back to the Giroud thing, the thing with Giroud, uh, versus Batshuayi, it's a it's a two factor. So you've obviously got Pedro and Willian who like to come inside, right? That's that's basically their game. They like to come in, but they also like to feed in and feed out off striker. Batshuayi literally can't do that. Um, if you had Giroud in there, you're probably getting more out of Pedro and Willian in the final third. But crucially, we've got Reese James at basically right back, who's our only attacking weapon to whip balls into the box, and we we not got Giroud. And we not got Giroud on. Oh, it's mad. Yeah, it, they're, they're, I think rightly so, Frank Lampard deserves questions at him. I saw, I read a piece uh, by Football365 that was fairly questioning him and they were suggesting that he's rinse and repeat a lot with his answers. Uh, we played really well. Uh, the numbers show that we created a lot of chances. Uh, the numbers show, obviously, we, we didn't concede a lot of chances. Uh, we're unfortunate. But the, the facts are, you can't say that about yesterday's performance. Yesterday's performance was terrible and the performances haven't been good for a while. Um, it's not that we're going to be getting rid of Lampard. That's not it. Um, the pressure is certainly being allowed a very long rope. Reasons such as transfer ban, uh, bringing in the kids, the fact that he is Chelsea's greatest player, and the fact also in the British in the press here is obviously he's Frank Lampard as well. So he he has been allowed a lot of rope, but. Come the summer and the investment happens and players come in, this next season will see him out. Regardless of what his status at the football club, this this is a football club that uh, has an owner in place who is ruthless. Um, you know, they, they sacked Jose Mourinho twice. You know, that's the kind of ruthless they are. So um, he's been allowed, I think, a lot of breathing room with the fact that he's been able to bring in a lot of these young players. Uh, there's a lot of positivity still to take away from the season. I think the problem that we're having as Chelsea fans is that our expectations were somewhat 
changed. Coming into the season, they were really low. And then we had that really purple patch and put us into the top four. And we were pressing uh, around City Leicester area uh, going into December. And since then, it's been a dramatic fall. Um, And I think that's why it's hurting more because it feels like we've thrown it away. Um, And there's every chance that we're going to finish seventh, eighth, the way that we're going. Mm. Quite negative sounds like me now. I know, it do, it do sound a bit negative. Maybe I try, I try you need to... uh, Carlo Ancelotti to come and uh, cheer you up. <laughs> eh? I mean, King Carlo came in and won the double in his first year with us. So, uh, Kieran, I know he, he bought the numbers, but I, I bring the memories, mate. We, we were excellent. Oh, there's good. a T-shirt. Um, Jesus Christ. You know, we spent 23 minutes talking about Chelsea now. <laughs> just one more thing. I thought, we have, we... Be, I thought you were going to have your moment today, but it just appears to be literally just slag off Chelsea. Zayat coming in can't happen soon enough. Um, you know the, the, the cutback to Batshuayi, right? People look at that and go, oh, another Batshuayi miss. No, the cutback from William. Absolute Paul. turgid pass from William. It's a five-yard pass and he's Batshuayi's got the entirety of the goal. Now, does he score? Uh, judging by his performance last night, probably finds De Gea. Uh, but nonetheless, William gives him no Find chance. The hair. He finds fucking Roe Q, mate. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, a player of, of, of Zayek's ability, hopefully. I mean, he. we go back to it. We, we can't absolutely mug the geezer off that's gone to Tottenham off because he plays in the Eredivisie and me talk so highly of Zayek, who also plays in the Eredivisie. Uh, the, the benefit that I'm going to give to Zayek is that he also uh, humiliated Real Madrid in the, in the Champions League last year. He's a very talented player. I think he uh, run Chelsea ragged at the bridge earlier this season. He turned up for this season, didn't he? He did, yeah. So he's, he's exciting. Um, he's a player that I think is kind of in the ilk of... Um, Ilk of Riyad Mahrez, someone that's very technically gifted, likes to come in, likes to get a shot off. I worry a bit about the physicality, but I think that his talent will probably be able to bail him out of that a bit. But also, crucially for Chelsea, it's, it's, it's a left foot balance we don't have within the squad, and also a set piece specialist. As you know, Mikey's now enjoying with, with Bruno Fernandez, so it's exciting, it's frustrating we don't have him now, <laughs> but it's a positive to see uh, when he comes in. I wonder who his manager will be. Um, yeah, no, I, I, before we move on to the next segment, because we've gone long, we we've have. gone long, um, you can find my thoughts about the game on my blog. No? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have a blog. Um, yeah, I, w- I would like to say Bruno Fernandes, man, you mentioned it in the game, Lee, is passing. Yeah, effortless. He sees the whole pitch. Yeah. He sees Lee, the whole pitch. Good vision. I, we, mm. I, it was, it's been a joy watching him play yesterday. Because he just he he actually got the ball and played it, and it, and it wasn't negative balls. He's always looking forward. It's nice. He's a, he he looked a class apart for for uh, Manchester United yesterday, much like Kovacic did for Chelsea. So uh, together, mate. There you go. There's a, there's a midfield. He's, he he looks a real really good buy, and I think that'll soften the blow of moving on. Pogba in the summer I think the fact that you've got a player that wants to be there and looks like a driving force he looks like the kind of player as well he, he's not afraid to take a responsibility as well he's turned up to that club and he already basically looks like I'm here you know, we speak about Manchester United's dressing room the lack of leadership in there that's well, this, is one, of, this is one of the him, things right? that's been talking about him that he is a massive leader he's a big leader presence you know he demands Things of his teammates, which is what we need. You know what we need. He demands the ball as well. He's always yeah. looking for it. He is. Yeah, you know, he's, 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 he's having to take responsibility on the pitch. 
I've only seen him twice and both times I've been impressed by him. So um, no, I, I watched him in that fucking Benfica sporting game and that was just fucking awful. I mean, Jesus Christ. He must, gonna... sat, he must have sat there last night and he's like, wow, wow, actually, yeah, this, the Portuguese league's pretty good. Like, this is kind of like this, you know? Because, yeah, the quality of football last night was, was poor. Um, but anyway, on to, the next, on to the next segment. We'll crack on. Top four aspirations for many clubs. Obviously, we're going to get into Chelsea in a bit in terms of their... Really? Are we? What's that? Getting into Chelsea again, are we? Not Chelsea, Man City. <laughs> oh, thank God. Fucking hell, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are we going to Chelsea again? Oh, I love brainwashed it, Brainwashed me. Well, you don't need brainwashed me. <laughs> oh, close my eyes, I see blue. Um, but no, we'll, we'll, we'll get into obviously Manchester City in a bit. But now, the race for the top four, potentially top five, or however you want to look at it, teams are making a fist of it. There's a bunch of teams going for it. One of them is Arsenal. Now they they had a uh, they had a result yesterday. Uh, no, was it yesterday? No, Sunday. 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 I watched a lot of that game. I watched a lot of that game. They 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 ran that score up at the end there rather, and it, it, well, I don't think it was the biggest reflection of what really happened. Was Maybe it nil nil at half time? Was it? It wasn't good at half time. It was. Uh, was it nil nil? I'm pretty sure it was nil nil. But basically, at the end, they just scored like three goals randomly. Yeah. Now, this has got Arteta talking about top four, right? It has, and rightly so. Um, I think anyone in that top eleven, I know Woods is already giving me the look there, but I think anyone, even Burnley, mate. Whilst it's Burnley, they're now in a run of form, mate, and they're only like five, six points off. Where have I got here? Let me have a look. So, yeah, got Burnley and Arsenal in tenth and eleventh from thirty-four. And you can go all up to Chelsea in four from 41. It's only like six, seven points, like, you know, till you get into the fifth, sixth, uh, fifth and fourth places. So that should take Arsenal, judging by their form under Arteta, about seven games to get those seven points. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we should obviously take into account who they were playing at the weekend, uh, obviously with Newcastle, which we'll, I will touch upon later on uh, when we come to winners and chumps. Obviously, I've given a little bit of weight there, but so what? Oh, wait, uh, <laughs> I'm intrigued. Well, we'll see, won't we? But um, no, uh, to be honest, though, I mean, even Everton, you know, even the, even the Everton there fans are getting giddy now there as well. There we go. Um, Mate, shine a new stadium around the corner. Yeah, bringing back NEC as the club sponsor, <laughs> eh? Yeah, we've dropped Sport Pesa, yeah, which is um, a bit there's, out of There's the blue. huge redundancies going on in Sport Pesa's HQs right now. <laughs> Ooh, because of the loss. Yeah, no, because uh, everything they're fucked as a company. Yeah. Uh, they, they do a lot of sponsorship, though, anyway. I think not, not just Everton. You see them dot, dot around yes, everywhere. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, to further their image, and it's not worked, because Sports Peso, uh, that's uh, another betting company, right? It is, Kenyan. Kenyan, yeah, it's probably just not needed. There's, there's too many. The, the, the market's saturated, and people like what they, they like. And uh, I'm guessing Sports Pay, they probably spunked all their money up the wall on sponsoring football teams, and it's like, oh, yeah. We like Ray this Winston. Yeah, we people like Ray Winston. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, well, yeah, top top four. But um, Woods was saying as well earlier, like you know, with Chelsea, they're 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 occupying that fourth spot, and at the moment they're in like pretty much dismal form, you'd say. And yeah, they've got, they've got the big game coming up this weekend where they've also got another fourth place contender in Tottenham, yeah. uh, who also kind of don't really look consistent enough yet. Still, we're managing to pull out results at the moment. Um, I don't know how. Do you know their, that, pop, their most popular score under Jose Mourinho is 3-2? Four times they've won 3-2. They cannot keep conceding two goals and getting results. Uh, credit to Jose. What I will say, look, he hasn't got them playing any 
a semblance of good football. They've been terrible since he's turned up. But they do seem to have a knack of scoring late goals. Um, and that's probably Who's something scoring that... those late goals, though? Yeah, good point. <laughs> uh, th- th- that's a fair point. Now he's gone. Now they are really up against it. It's uh, going to be interesting to see if they play this Parrot. He's, not, he's pretty much their only recognised striker. He now. is. Troy Parrott's their only recognisable striker on the books at the moment. His um, name is Troy Parrott. Troy yeah. Parrott. Uh, if, I, if I was playing football manager and I got a regen come up with that name, I'd bin him off. Or it'd be like a club incredibly high on him, though. Um, but Mourinho, clearly not, because he didn't even play him in the FA Cup tie against Borough. Um, it's Mourinho as well. He doesn't play kids, does he? Yeah, but think of all well, the he'll, he'll give him five minutes and claim that he gave a debut. That will yeah. happen. That's that's it. That's the Mourinho tactic. But they they're not good defensively. I don't think they're fluid at, uh, in the attack. I think that they've relied on Son bailing them out over and over. Uh, now he's gone. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm really interested to see how how they line up against Chelsea at the, at the weekend. Uh, but I I think their top four chances went with with Son's arm. Um, I'm staying by it. I think it's Manchester United. I think Manchester United are are the team which will finish in the top four. Are, are we foolish to rule out Sheffield United? Probably. Probably. They, they they may well be the team which no one's paying attention and they sneak in. Remember when Sebastian Vettel won the World Championship in Formula 1 and like everyone's busy watching Oh, Alonso that was great, yeah. Now, Lee, Lee knows what I'm talking about. Everyone was busy watching what Alonso and Weber were doing, right, and their fight for the championship and all of a sudden it was like, hang on a minute what's this guy over here doing? And Vettel came in and won the championship in 2010. They could do that because everyone's talking about Chelsea, United, Arsenal. Well, Arsenal are talking about Arsenal uh, and Spurs uh, pushing for top four. And Sheffield United, like you say, could sneak in while no one's paying attention. And to be fair, they've been they've been there or thereabouts pretty much all season. They've been they like top seven. They have. And, uh, you know, Wolves, they're going to be there or thereabouts as well. There's a lot of teams. It, it could generally go any way other than Arsenal not finishing fourth. <laughs> I think yeah, I think we can take Arsenal out of the equation, but I think there's a lot of teams with aspirations to, to you know, pretty much go for for Champions League football, which you never think. Um, I think did I did we mention it earlier, or did I mention off off air with uh, Burnley? They're only like they're in they're in the mix, you know, they're on a good run of form, and whilst it's Burnley. If they if they if their form continues, or they continue to you know do what what they did like was it last season or the season before, it, it can happen. I'd cry. I've, the thing, the thing that you've got to keep real about this season is that the only reason these teams are in contention is because none of the teams that should be there have put any sort of form together this season. Tottenham, Tottenham coming into the season, I, I, when we did our pre-season predictions and everything, I had them as third and uh, closer to Liverpool. I had City win the league, which looks ridiculous. Um, but Spurs still, for me, are the third best team and basically they, they are where they are because they've just had such an awful season at least to start with I think Arsenal they've massively underachieved because they had been handcuffed by Unai Emery and it was just it's too far back from where they were these teams should be further on I mean Chelsea how they're still fourth I don't I don't really understand their form has been so bad like Chelsea should be eighth and this, this is the issue. They're all, all those teams in the mix, they, they, they can't consistently string three, four it's wins true. together. The team which basically puts it together enough from here on out, I think there's 12 more games left this season. 12. Uh, the team which basically puts a run of just six wins. You know, six wins in those 12, probably going to be enough to see you over the, because everyone else is going to continue to have patchy form. 
And there's also a good thing as well with a potential fifth place becoming a Champions League spot. Indeed. Which increases it a little bit more. It well, do you want to talk that, about it? Are we, are we going into that? I mean, we might as well get into it. So, yeah, fifth, if, if it goes to fifth, all of a sudden, like, you've got, what, eight teams into into two spots there. That's going to be an absolute mad end to the season. And you could end up with someone really very interesting in that last place, but it could end up just being boring and being Manchester United and, and Chelsea being but in I, it. But I, I feel like the Premier League needs it because, obviously, Liverpool winning at a counter. Oh, yeah. well, the, the, the best thing about Liverpool winning at a counter is no one's going to care by the time May comes around that they won the league. It's great. Mm. Uh, but in, in terms of Man City, um, yeah. So it turns out those leaks have come and bitten them in the ass. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a really, really funny thing But that UEFA are actually going to punish them for, for their FFP violations. And it's not because of their spending necessarily as well, because uh, I think, was it back back in 2016 or earlier than that, that, that they fined both PSG and Manchester City a lot of money, didn't they? Fifty million. It must have been earlier than that. Um, for, I, think for two, I think the first round of books was 2014. Okay, so they bought, they bought an FFP in 2011. Okay, and then I think after the first initial review, which was that's three when they years must have later, got the fine. That's when they got fined. So it's it's a fascinating case uh, because it's not a case of them just overspending. It's a case of them lying about their income. Uh, to cover their overspending, to get them under the cap. Um, and basically, these emails that leaked um, in the Spiegel um, have been reviewed and they've gone through at UEFA and they've determined that uh, fraudulent behaviour, which kind of apt when you've got a manager called Fraudiola, um, has occurred at Manchester City at the early stages of the development uh, of, of that club and They've been punished with a two-year ban. Um, City clearly feel confident that they're going to be able to get out of this. I don't see it. I just cannot see it because I know that Gary Neville had quite strong words about it. He, he believes that FFP is a failed, um, it's a failed policy and, and that UEFA are inept and they'll lose this case. I don't think they will lose the case. I do agree to an extent that FFP, uh, as it is, is ridiculous in many ways, but it's the only way to stop Man City and Paris Saint-Germain going ballistic in the transfer market. And they already have done to a large extent. But it's also a way of protecting clubs from going out of business. Um, so it is there for a well, reason. Did, did you hear what they actually did, though, in terms of covering up their money? Um, so, so it's basically... Yeah, go on. It, I was going to say, because um, obviously they're sponsored by Etihad. They've you know, got the, the name and rights on the shirt and everything to training yeah. ground. Um, and they, I think it's reportedly like sixty-five, seventy million pound they put in for for those rights. But essentially, it's uh, is it Sheikh Mansour, the the owner? Yeah. About fifty, fifty-five million of that is his own money. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. they're putting it through, saying it's going through as a sponsorship when it's not. It's actually just his money. Dude, so. I remember this coming out at the time when this happened. <laughs> this was reported then, and the football world was up in arms about it. Obviously, it's many years later. Everyone forgotten that. But it's, there's no surprise to me that these guys are going to... They're, 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 they're dodgy, crookery bastards, mate. That's what they are. And they deserve everything they get. But, but what's highlighted as well, those emails, it's almost evidence against them. It shows them for what they are. And it's, it's almost surprising with the arrogance of, of oh, them in terms of saying that they've got nothing to worry about when they're not actually acknowledging the evidence that's actually already out there. As you said, in, was it De Spiegel? Yeah, Dude, the Spiegel fact is already is, out there. That we already know about it. The fact is, they broke the law... 
And now they must pay. I don't, I'm with you, Woods. I do not see how they get out of this because we've had other teams, from certainly some Russian teams, I believe, or at least one, have been banned from the Champions League because of shit like this. AC Milan have been AC banned. Milan, yeah. AC Milan, exactly. Manchester City are not like a band who are too big to fail, as Jez would say in Peep Show, right? They're, they're a club like anyone else. And I think the elitist mentality of we can do what we want and we can put money through here and do this and do that because we're rich as fuck. I think it's incredibly arrogant and they can go fuck themselves. They take their medicine like good little boys that they are. They need to understand as well because this is UEFA's competition, right? And the thing is as well, whether they like the rules or not, right? They they don't like the rules because they feel it favours Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus and Manchester United, which it does because FFP means what you earn, you can spend. Um, it certainly favours the established elite football clubs and it does somewhat stop teams such as Everton, Lee, who are a, a fair example in this. And, and ultimately, do if they do eventually qualify for European competitions, that... Um, shady deal about the 30 million for the potential to bid on the naming rights will be bought up there's no doubt about that mm. um but it stops these teams from progressing you know everyone's talking about uh there were these rumors about saudi arabia by newcastle they're going to suffer the same issues which is it's going to be a very 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 long process to be able to climb that ladder to get into the top good uh, the, there, there is an element of good um now what i, I will say the is, teams in the beginning did it <laughs> Uh, different yeah. climate mate yeah but uh, we're talking about football's existed in this country for what how many years yeah 100 plus yeah right yeah alright in another 100 years let's see what it looks like then maybe we'll have Wrexham as the fucking world champions of everything I, I not get... because they had so because they did it through actually developing a football club getting good players in good system good coaching blah 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 blah, blah. playing football and doing it that way rather than just getting some fucking billionaire from, from, from some snake pit coming in <laughs> And fucking pumping a lot of money into the club. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess... I guess There's no you issue sp- doing that. It's just the way you present it. That's the issue. I Look, Chelsea... I, Chelsea, I, I don't think it's fair. Chelsea were big supporters of... Who the fuck FF. is going to buy Bradford? <laughs> Why are we talking about Bradford? How we ended up here? Look, Chelsea were big, big advocates for FFP. Uh, the reason being was because they didn't want another Man City to turn up and basically try and get in on the good times. It, there's no doubt that the European elite teams have all gone, let's close up shop, guys. We've got enough of us now. No more coming into the party. That's, that's Man City fans don't like going to see themselves play football. They don't yeah, fill the stadium. They don't go into fucking Champions League games. You know what's funny as well? If we have more of these teams coming in, right? If we have more fucking billionaire owners come in, rocking and pump loads of money into these clubs, what will happen? We'll just end up with more soulless fucking clubs. No one gives a flying fuck if Manchester City win anything ever again, right? No one cared when they won the league. No one cared when they did anything, right? Because no one cares because it's fake. Because it doesn't mean yeah, anything. It's, it's Man City fans will probably tell you the same thing. They probably get more joy out of winning the old fucking first division or division two fucking 20 years ago. Where, do you know what I mean? That's, they're the memories that for proper Man City fans, they're the things they're going to cherish. Everything they do and they've done recently, it's all just fucking fake. It does, it's, it's a symbol of what football has become. And if we have more of this shit, we talked about VAR ex- extensively on this show that it's ripping the soul out of football. Yeah? The football is not, I feel for the kids growing up now, this is the football they're going to know, right? In 100 years' time, when we've got fucking a million of these fucking super clubs all owned by rich fucking billionaires, and no one gives a fuck anymore, that's what will happen. And everyone will be fucking you to blame, Lee. 
don't know why I blamed you for this. <laughs> you, you, you and Everton, mate. You, no, you and Everton. I, I, but then the th- th- thing is, though, like the way you were talking about Man City there, it kind of, re- you know, I'm sorry, Woods, but it kind of no, made me r- r- think of, of Chelsea when they first did it. No. But, right, I, I, my, the only thing I'll say to that... So I'm just saying we're calling out Man City. But no, no, I, I, I get where you're coming from. The Chelsea one for me has always been different because that Chelsea team, before Abramovich came over, were challenging for the league. And I think there is a difference between someone coming in and injecting a bit to the, take the them to the I think the jump is the difference here. Manchester City were fucking shite, right? <laughs> Absolute fucking shit. And all of a sudden, it's the next day they're a super club by trying to buy Rubinho. You know what I mean? And it was oh, all, it wasn't, it wasn't right. It wasn't right. And then all of a sudden, their team was fooled, if we remember correctly, of some good players like Alano, yeah? But then a fucking load of mercenaries. Oh, do you want clubs like that? Is that what we want? So we can have a load of mercenaries play for us and the fans lose all connection to them. But would, you, would you say that's the case now with, with Fucking Man City? Fucking Chelsea were getting Viali and Hullet, for Christ's <laughs> sake. There is a huge difference here. And I, I, I mean, I think Man City are exactly the same. I think at the end of the day, Raheem Sterling would have rather won his medals at Liverpool. Ooh. Ooh. My, that's an, inter- I, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. when he one. looks back on his career... There, there, I, there may be a tinge of regret. So I just, I just, I just, I'm just going to play devil's advocate, and I'm just kind of interested yeah, in both of your views. And so, say if it wasn't Man City, but it was Everton, who uh-huh. I think we can agree pre, uh, you know, the the Sheikh Mansour era, Everton were a bigger club than Man City. So, yeah. would it have been okay then if Everton had done that? When Man City got the when millions, when we do get fans in every week, regardless. When, when, when Man City got the millions, where were Everton in the league? What were they doing? Probably doing what we always do. What, flirt, floating around flirt, eighth, flirting with between what fourth and eighth, yeah, yeah, taking that next next step from eighth to sixth and eighth to, to into that extra bit. I don't have a problem with that because Everton were already, like I said, filling the stadium. You had good players. It was something to get you up a little bit. It was it was if 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 I was a business owner, that was that's a strategic investment. Man City was just this club have just got a fucking brand new stadium somehow. Let's just fucking throw it. Let's, let's drive a fucking barrel, a truck full of cash up to it and buy every player we can. It was completely fucking bombastic. That, it was ridiculous. But that could have been any club. They could have picked any club, but they chose, they chose Man City. I mean, let's say any club. Obviously, some would have been out of reach. But, you know, like I said, it could have easily been in Everton. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see your point. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just kind of... I understand which angle you're going at now. Basically, you just... I, I, because they've gone from the average... To, 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 you know, but I say gigantic, well, obviously they're not. Cause I think still the, the reason why the big clubs are the big clubs now is because they've had years, well, you know, decades of, of commercial uh, f- and, and football activity, which has resulted in what this has happened, uh, in this happening. You know, there are exceptions. Man United obviously had a huge boom because in the 90s because of they, 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 you know, they expanded into different territories and shit to get their brand out there. It's, fair, it's marketing, you know. But that was built off of the Busby Babes and all the things that have happened before. And we're the first English team to win the European Cup, for Christ's sake. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are things like this. And, and with Everton, you, have, you do have that history of, in a degree. You're a bigger club. Not in typical sense, but in history sense, you're a bigger club than Man City were at that point, no? Yeah, without doubt. Exactly. So for me, it's just, I don't want to see, oh, all of a sudden the fortunes of fucking Scunthorpe have changed because some <laughs> cunt's rocked in and he's fucking 
give them a load of money. And now all the fucking Scunthorpe fans are just sitting there battling with all these plastic cunts who are trying to come in and watch the games to look at fucking, you know, Ronaldo Jr. and shit. And it's just like, nah, that's, that, that's just, that's, you're taking something away. There's a reason why salary caps and things exist in the NFL and American sports. Because there has to be a degree, even if the implementation isn't correct, even if there are things we can disagree with, I cannot, but there's, there has to be some element of fairness somewhere. Yes. And, that's that's but, for me. How, and all I would argue. Like, what yeah. that looks like is, uh, FFP is probably not the ideal solution. There's it's been not. many times over the years where we thought, well, FFP is a joke, right? All I'm looking for is fairness somewhere. I, that's, I, all, I, that's what we need. I completely agree. Um, there's a lot of things that you've said there, which I do agree with. Um, I, 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 what I will say in Man City's defence, that they had been league champions and things had happened before. I, I, admittedly, they had gone through really, really shit times and they'd been down what into to affect what would be League One, which I think was Division Two at the time and come up via the playoffs. It's, it, they've been obviously through um, tougher times, which like you said, I imagine that there's a lot of City fans that do look back on those uh, with more joy um, and, and, and also, the, sorry, and even the Aguero moment. And sorry to interrupt, but I would also say, as much as I've said that about Man City, they didn't choose for this. The fans of the club didn't choose for this to happen no. to them. And to be honest, if I was a Man City fan, I'd be like, excellent, this is great. My team's now fucking great. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, this isn't a sniper at the Man City fans at all. They, they have no control over this, you know? But it's just, as a, as a fan of watching a club, yes, they're a rival to us, but I never cared when Man City won the league because this doesn't really count in my head, you know? I'm on the same with you. Nothing that Man City had done has ever really been that impressive to me. Um, 100 points, don't care. Treble, domestically, don't care. None of it matters to me. Uh, you're 100% right. When Liverpool win the league this year, that will affect me more personally. I, that will be something that I would remember more than anything that City had done. It's, I've already basically forgotten City's centurion season. It just doesn't matter. I'll remember this Liverpool team 30 years from now. Yeah. So well, much let's, like, let's, I was going to say, so let's, let's, let's talk about some repercussions then. Yes. Because obviously there's going to be a fallout left, right and centre around this football club in terms of obviously, you know, if they don't succeed in the appeal, they're going to be not playing Champions League football. What happens with the playing staff? So at the moment, obviously there's lots of people that are making noises, they're staying. Now the reason they're making those noises is because I think that uh, the first step that they're going to do is go to Cass and go, can we freeze this please? It's now up to Cass to decide pretty quickly about that because I don't think UEFA want Man City in the, in the Champions League next season. It's, it's as simple as that. They've handed out the punishment. They don't want them there. Um, if it's one year, that say the ban gets reduced to one year, I think that you'll see that the players will hang. Um, if it's two years and you're Kevin De Bruyne and I believe he's 29 this year and you're looking at being 31 the next time that Man City play in the European Cup, you may well start to look at that situation um, and, and, and wonder. But... Man City are so rich they don't have to sell players. But right? the thing is, though, that these players can well, actually, <laughs> these players can actually walk if they want uh, to. So there's, there's with good lawyers, about that. Yeah, we'll they see can about get out their contracts. Because... We'll see about that. I, I'm not convinced. What I will say as well is when I say that Man City have got <laughs> enough money to reject, they 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 won't really because FFP will for the first time in history be enforced. Uh, and Man City will lose between 100 and 150 million per year on missing out on the Champions League, which would cost about 300 million off their books. And for a team that basically uh, is probably going to have to start telling the truth about its earnings, they may well have to start selling players when you're giving De Bruyne a 300,000 pounds a week or whatever it is. Uh, 
What the the answer really is we don't know until the punishment has been confirmed. I, I think if you... Okay, well, I'll just mention Pep there. Um, he's the one, obviously, is probably telling these players, you know, I'm going to stick around, so, you know, probably Has you to. should stick around. But if, you're Pep, if, you, maybe if you're Pep Guardiola and you've had, you know, the, the hierarchy saying, no, it's fine, it's fine, you know, for, for what... As oh, you said, yeah. like, we've known about this for a few years and they've been saying, no, it's fine, there's nothing. And it turns out, actually, they've been lying. Thanks. I'm out, bro. But exactly. But say, if you put this into your real lives now, if, you, if this happened to you in your job and, and your manager essentially lied to you, and then you found out, oh, yeah. you know, that you, you'd be livid. Absolutely. He'd been given assurances that everything's been above board. And he's been lied to. The, the, what right now, because everyone's going, oh, look, Pep's committed. He's already said he's committed. He has to say that right now. It's February. They've got a European Cup uh, last 16 coming up against Real Madrid coming up. He can hardly be like, well, yeah. if basically we're banned from Europe, I'm out of here. Because the whole of the season's dead then. Right? Remember when Fergie said that he was going to retire at the end of the season? How did that go for Manchester United? The Terrible, season yeah. fell to pieces immediately. Um, he can't say that. I will see once that ban is upheld and they've got two-year suspension what really happens with Pep Guardiola. And the thing is, it's massive for his legacy because we all sit here and we all applaud him for winning the, the good times. Um, we are very critical of him when it goes bad. That's because he's never really managed a proper football club. He's, he's always managed teams where he's had either the best footballer in the world or a team that's just come off the back of a treble or a team that are literally financially cheating. Um, he's never taken on a, the, the, the difficult job. Um, and it would just really go to enforce this idea of him being a checkbook manager as opposed to a genius if he jumps ship and goes takes the Juve job. Because that will stain him. Because it basically it shows his lack of character. I wouldn't blame him for leaving, though. Because essentially, I, the, the, I, I, the, I know. the Centurions, the domestic treble, all of that is kind of rendered redundant, really, isn't it? But it's, it's there's asterisks to it it constantly for the rest of time. Juventus, they, they have the same sort of thing, don't they? They, they, they don't. They obviously, the league stripped them the trophies, and they don't like it. And they Juve try to acknowledge are it, but they desperate. Can't. They are desperate for a European Cup. They haven't won one since '96. I want to say. I don't think they've won one since then. Um, that's a long time for a, a European giant. To be sleeping, isn't it? Without Some of the picking players they've had in that time period, isn't it? I, I know. It's remarkable it's, that they haven't won it. And he's an upgrade. Yeah. He's an upgrade on Sarri. As oh, well. absolutely, a, a massive upgrade. You know, all the times I call him Fraudiola, he's, he's very much tongue in cheek. The, the, the man is ultimately a managerial genius of what he's been able to do. Uh, he has failed at Bayern Munich. He has failed thus far at Manchester City. Because if you haven't been to a European Cup final at least with the the, the resources at your disposal, especially because the thing is in these leagues, uh, you talk about Bayern Munich. Uh, the thing with Bayern Munich, they're basically playing a league of their own. I know this year's a little bit different. They go through that kind of cyclic thing. They, they've obviously gone through um, a big upheaval, haven't they? they, they they've gone very young. Um, and as a result, they uh, had difficulties with the manager. And the, they're still in the league because they're Bayern Munich. They will definitely win the league. Uh, but nonetheless, it was a failure. Got to semi-finals, got, got handed. Um, very, Man very, City. I was say, very quickly, what if they win the, league this, uh, the Champions League this year then? Um, that's going to be really fun when they hand the trophy over to him, right? Because what, what happens? It's, it's going to be fascinating because that, that, there is a chance. There's no doubt a chance that next year uh, the champions don't defend it because they cheated. The, the one that's been doing the round, though, um, is obviously about Premier League implications because ultimately they've lied to you, but they also lied to the Premier League. Now, the Premier League have always been... Um, 
not keen, we'll say, on FFP. They've always felt uh, not what we want because I think the Premier League are like billionaire owners. Lovely, bring them in and we'll bring all the players over here uh, because it makes our product better. And then I can basically tell everyone that wants to listen that we're the best league in the world. Um, There is talk of a points deduction related to this. Now, a lot of Liverpool fans have got excited because... This obviously uh, takes back to 2014, I believe, which is the year um, where we were gifted. Gifted memories we'll never, ever forget. Where a man said, we don't let this slip now. And he literally, literally slipped and let it go. And it still haunts him. And it still haunts him. It still haunts him. And Liverpool fans are excited at the prospect of a points deduction from then which would then give Liverpool a title, and more importantly to them, Stephen Gerrard a title. Now, apparently Stephen Gerrard has said he's, he's, he's interested to see how this goes. Of course he um, is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just don't see it. I can't see the Premier League going back to 2014 and doing that. My mind's in two places no. on this for what it's worth, because here's my, my thought process. Um, they've waited 30 plus years now, right? 30 years, is it, for, for a league title? Yeah. And they've got this perfect season where they're basically steamrolling it. This juggernaut taking their way. They're going to basically have a two-month uh, celebration. And all of it's going to be basically like, oh, yeah, but you also won the league two years ago. <laughs> you know what? Oh, not two years, but six years ago. Uh, yeah, you already, I kind of feel it dampens that. Oh, yeah, no, you've already got one. Oh, it's all the chat about. You've already won one like six years ago. Congratulations. <laughs> and it kind of dampens all. But on the flip side... I love the fact that whenever someone wants to talk to me about how Steven Gerrard's a better player than Frank Lampard, I can go around and go, how many Premier League medals did he win? <laughs> how many times did Lampard slip over? We are so long on this show, man. It's an hour and three. <laughs> um, it's, it's been a good one, though. Uh, but regarding FFP, just a final thing, because Gary Neville obviously has strong, 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 strong opinions on FFP being an absolute farce. Do you want to know why he has those opinions? Check out the way that Salford City had gone from the lower tiers of Northern football into the Football League. That's why. Giza wants his uh, billionaire friend to keep reaching into his pocket so he can reach his dream of playing the Premier League with uh, Salford City. Um, Gary Neville wants to masquerade as a man of football. He's not, mate. No. But they, need to, they, they, they should find a different model for it. I, I'd, love, I'd love there to be a cap. North American and, uh, N- NFL specifically a, a draft. I, I mean, obviously, the draft would be would be fun, wouldn't it? It would be exciting. Every June, we uh, sit down and we we're, we're kind of like watching these elite level young footballers coming up. Uh, I think it would your, be the greatest GM. thing ever if, if I'm Ed Woodward's would up to the podium, it. kind of like uh, hands in. Then it's like Manchester United select Cristiano Ronaldo Junior. <laughs> um, it would be fun. That'd be great. That's obviously never going to happen because the academies are. Uh, have got too much money put into them. But I just kind of feel there should be a cap because I do believe Everton should be allowed to spend more. I do believe that if Newcastle get new owners, they should be allowed to spend more and not basically be penalised for trying to catch up. The fact that they're trying to catch up is on the other teams, the big teams, the, the, the great teams of Europe, to be able to continue improving. But they shouldn't also be allowed to go in and spend a billion in a summer and go, look at all these wonderful players we've got, because um, that's not right as well. There has to be kind of like a top-level cap, which fits for Manchester United, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, and to do what they're going to do, but also allows 
Everton and their rich owner and, and Newcastle pending if they ever get a rich owner and all these other clubs, the opportunity to also do the same thing. I, I, I just think that as it's modelled right now, it's not fair. I think if you put a top level cap on it, it would be more fair. I bankrupted Everton pretty much on my football manager game. So, Yes, but, but you've given them the best days of their lives. That's true. I did win the treble. And we thank that, you for it. That includes yeah. a European Cup. It does include a European That's Cup. That's a competition league that I don't know. But have Everton played in it? Yes. They have played in it. Okay. The they, did, they did get to play in it before, basically, we got turfed out in 85. Hang on, I'm confused with the question now. Did you say, have we played in the Champions League? Or no, the the, European well, Cup? the European Cup slash Champions League, yeah. Yeah, of course we have, yeah. When? Again, against Villarreal. Okay, right. No, no, no. no. That's that. No, Lee. Lee, no. That's that's like that's like Scotland claiming they played uh, like in Euro twenty twenty. They, they they have and they, they played in the qualifying round of of that competition. That <laughs> uh, you must have. When when did you won the title in eighty five? Did you win it another time in the eighties? Um, no, we only won it the once. Oh, so Everton have never played in the European Cup. Yeah, but we've won other leagues, so we must yeah. have played it back in the day. Yeah, well, it's been going since the 50s? I want to say 55. Yeah, maybe not then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried um, now. Uh, and also yeah, no, was... don't, don't, don't take away my moment anyway. We, 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 we were robbed by Kalina for, the, for a, a genuine or actual Champions League spot. But, you know, we still play Champions League football. We still went out to the music. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to, to taste it. You know, like kind of like you probably got that, that, that you know, you kind of got a teaser for it, right? And you kind of like, do, would you want to watch the rest of this? You have to pay £20 million and Everton didn't decide to do that. They were like, no, fuck it. We ain't got that. The bluest of balls for Everton fans, eh? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do predictions. And then we were shit in, in, in the UEFA Cup afterwards as well. Lost 5-0 to Dynamo Bucharest. God. Big team. Yeah. Huge team. Right, we've got a million fixtures to get through, so make this snappy, yeah? It's going to be snappy. Wednesday the 19th of February 2020. Don't read out the date then. Half, uh, shut <laughs> up. Half past seven. Manchester City playing at home against West Ham. Oh, that's a rescheduled one, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, just, just Man City. Man City. Man City. I um, think they're going to they're gonna have a fucking huge chip on their shoulder in a lot of these fixtures, I feel. Spotlight's on them. 22nd of February on the Saturday, half 12 kickoff, Chelsea hosts Spurs. And so, cries inside slightly. So, so, so we're terrible, but they haven't got any strikers. Marcus Alonso should play. Um, draw. Draw. They really should say Tottenham. I'm going Spurs. Form, form, you know, says, says Spurs. Form does say Tottenham, but, then but it's, it's, no it's the goals. It's the goals, yeah. But Chelsea have any players. <laughs> well, surely if he learns his lesson, he starts to rude this week. In, in this and any, any basic play, I reckon he has to shift it to a, to a three at the back. That's enough Chelsea for today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we've got Burnley born with three o'clock kickoff. Burnley. Burnley. Yep, I agree. Then we've got Palace taking on Newcastle United. Two teams that don't score. Uh, I think it'll draw for me. Yep, draw. I heard St. Maximan was uh, tearing it up, though. Oh, what a player. What a but, player. Yeah, I want to know what your winners and losers are because you're mentioning a Newcastle player, right? 
Kind of. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. Um, other three good kick-off. Sheffield United against Brighton. Sheffield United Sheffield for me. United. Sheffield United. Well, all of our predictions are the same so far. Southampton versus Aston Villa. <sighs> Southampton. Oh, this is a toughie. I can't back Villa because they're too... They just they just can see too much. Too can yeah. I just I love it because they've got Jack uh, Jack Grealish, but they don't also look like scoring that many goals, kind of to an extent. I, I, Southampton, yeah, they've got they've got Ingsy scoring. Jack Grealish has got some interesting choices to make this summer. He has, and he should also be playing for England. He should definitely be. His interesting to the Euros. choices should be picking up balls whilst in the England team. Yeah. <laughs> um, half five, big game. Leicester hosting Manchester City. Oh, that is a good game. Um, City have got City have got their European Cup game midweek next week, right? That's right. Yeah, they're not playing this week. So, eyes on Madrid. Leicester's form's not been great, though, has it? No, they've tailed off. I'm going to say City. I'm going for a draw. Yeah, I think a draw as well. Lee is committed to us something else. Uh, then we've got Manchester United versus Watford on Sunday, two o'clock kickoff. Igalo to tear up against his Mate, old club. I was, that, that was the only thing that took away the gloss of the game against Chelsea. If Igalo had put that in at the end, mate, oh my God, that'd have been so good. Been oh so yeah, good. that that was actually a save for Caballero. It was somehow. Yeah, uh, yeah Manuel or Watford. What are you saying? I'm going to go Watford. Draw. Wow. Three different predictions. I'm assuming I think, you got, when you got Europa League, is that coming up? Is that next that's week? That's this week. Yeah, against a load of fishermen. This week against Bruges, right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Wolves versus Norwich. Also a two o'clock kickoff. Wolves. Wolves back on that Europa League, right? Mm. Yeah, go Wolves as well. But Norwich is shit, so give me Wolves. Arsenal, Everton. Half past four. I'd love to say Everton. I'm saying Everton. I think Arsenal is shit. All right, let's go for it then. Everton. That's right. Clean sweep. And then we've got 24th of February, Liverpool versus versus, versus West Ham. Eight o'clock kickoff. What are we saying? Poor old West Ham. (laughs) Probably going to be Liverpool, isn't it? This is that run that we're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. They're fucked. Um, Yeah. I've already put the laptop away, the iPad away. You've all said Liverpool. We have all said Liverpool. There let's we go. let's move let's move, smooth swiftly on. Move swiftly on, smooth yeah. miffly on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm intrigued, Lee. Your winner and chump. Well, who are they? Well, my chump, my chump. I'm going to start off with is is Newcastle. So I, I haven't gone for a particular player. Or maybe I can go for Auntie Bruce himself. Um, it should be the right back. Why? What was so significant? They signed a right back, right? Is it? What's his, what's his fucking name? Hang on. Continue to talk. Well, yeah, basically, the reason why I've got Newcastle is because uh, just reading some stats were, uh, earlier, and this is what, what this is what I come up with. So they've got a in twentieth place, so last place in the Premier League there for for possession, touches in the box, shots on goal, and expected goals. They are shit. They just don't look like score, and they fit. They they sit so far deep that you feel almost for the likes of uh, Joe Joe Latine or John Latine, whatever his name is. Um, you know, he he's he scored one goal all season in the Premier League, and 
he, he, I think he's made, he's been made to look worse because the, it, basically the Newcastle will just play f- so deep that you know every time he gets the ball he's either stranded on his own or just lumped up to him and he's out muscled. Um, so yeah, so mine is Newcastle slash Auntie Bruce. Okay, well on that note of Newcastle, I watched a lot of the game that they played against Arsenal, and I happened to have a man catch my eye called Valentino Lazaro. <laughs> he is a new player that plays for Newcastle United. I believe he signed might... in January. Yes, I believe he's on loan. No, where is he? No, yeah, he's on loan from Inter Milan. Fuck me, he was bad. Oh my god, he was bad. He was really bad. He was just really, really, really bad. Just no good. Absolutely megged like a treat by Saka, and he just made. He'd... And he'd... the worst thing was he didn't look asked about it. Right, uh, that's uh, that's like uh, that point of the table when you're near that bottom and you really want to get those consolidate those good results snatch points where you maybe you shouldn't be deserving it you need players that are going to really fight for that shirt they're the type of characters that believe it or not Sean Dyche is quite good at identifying and Allardyce another good quality in him you know he, he gets characters that he knows are going to fight and claw and scratch Arnie Bruce why have you identified this guy <laughs> Auntie Bruce so is he your chump as well uh, or are you specifically going for this player? No, my, my chump isn't anything to do with Newcastle. Oh, right, I just okay. wanted to bring that up because I, I thought you may have picked him out as well, but you didn't. Uh, yeah. My chump is uh, Bat Shui. <laughs> <laughs> he was fucking wretched. If he were, He's a close if, second. If he was any similar to football, we would have lost last night. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your chump? Uh, uh, Man City. Fair. Um... Yeah, exposed, mate. The, the one thing I, I, we didn't touch on is how this affects their global image as well, because now they are known to be cheaters. Well, as you correctly called it in the WhatsApp group, they're, they're, it's fraud. They're fraud. It is fraud. Yeah, they're fraud. Good luck with all those sponsorships. Yeah. I mean, I guess when, when your owner owns all the sponsors, um, you can probably still sponsor the team, can't you? That's fair. Um, That's fair. Yeah. But in terms of a winner, uh, funny enough, you mentioned, um, and it's, but Saka is my winner. Um, Winger turned left back for Arsenal. He looks like he's found a home there. Um, me talking positively about Arsenal, I know it's crazy, but um, don't be fooled by Nicola Pepe scoring. All right, I'm not, not fooled, fooled. I'm not fooled by Nicola Pepe, but ultimately the Saka put it on a plate for him. Um, <laughs> you spoke about the Megs. Um, I mean, he he that poor g- kid. He's, isn't he relatively young as well? How, how Let me see. He? I thought he was about 26. Hang on. Who, oh, Saka? in that case. No, Saka's obviously 18, isn't he? 18. Oh, no, he's 23, 23. 23, so just ruining, ruining his day. in a month. Um, but the reason, real reason is because he's found a home at left back. Uh, Tierney, who, Kolasinek, what? Uh, they're going to play that kid there from now on. Uh, that's, that's the one positive other than Mustafi, by the way, who looks like if you simplify the game enough... Not a complete clown. Um, still would not trust him at centre half for a season. Uh, Newcastle. He's also Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, but Saka uh, has a chance to be on the plane in the summer because tell me after Chilwell, who else is going? Mm. Yeah, Luke Shaw's best position now is at the the left handed centre half, isn't it? He's he's found he's found that as Bolicueta role, hasn't he? he Where has. he's he's not fit enough to play fullback anymore. <laughs> so it's like just nerf him inside because he's not tall enough or physical enough to play centre half. It's it's quite funny how that happens to 
usually aging players, but Luke Shaw must be only like 23. No, he's older than that, isn't he? No, he's not that no, much older. I don't think so. 20, 24, maybe. 25 at a push. He looks 30. Yeah, because all of the pies he eats. Uh, Luke all the Shaw. pies and the booze. <clears throat> Luke Shaw is 25 this year. Oh, so he's really? 24 now? Yeah. Well, there you go. Clever girl. Clever girl. But yeah, no, uh, credit to him because um, ultimately as a player and a young player, uh, when you get kind of like turf from your natural position and, and told to play somewhere else, th- th- this goes one of two ways, doesn't it? You either kind of switch off and kind of deflate or you, you ride to the challenge and it does seem to have risen to the challenge and he looks like he could cement that spot for a long time, which really makes it quite interesting for Kieran Tierney because obviously he was a a relatively big signer for Arsenal in the summer and now he looks like he's probably be going to be seeing a lot of the bench. Riding the pain. He's off to uh, be reunited with uh, Rodgers, isn't he? If Chilwell moves on, yeah. Give me a winner. Oh, mate, I'm really struggling for a winner. Um, so, uh, oh, I don't know, do I give it to UEFA for, for finally clamping down uh, on, on this situation with City? Maybe, yeah, maybe so. Okay. B- big UEFA fan. Mm. It's either that or I was going to go for myself uh, as a winner because what? I know this is... Wow. The, I was thinking a bit far, far ahead, you know, or far out um, in terms of my thinking, but Man United winning and uh, going on Twitter and seeing all the Man United fans and also in the ground last night as well, singing Ollie's name. So at the moment, Ollie's very much in and it's, it's, it's just a matter of time for you if you go on another bad run and you don't pick up the results. Hopefully. So the winner's me just for enjoying, for being right when it happens. <laughs> just like you. Oh, I know it's Fred Mourinho is actually picking up the points, but you can't say he's been a positive impact on my club. <laughs> Fuck me. I'll leave there if I can turn by the <laughs> media darling Jose earlier on the season. Anyway, um, my winner this week, <laughs> my, my winner this week could be one of many. Could have been Glorious Fred. I was going to write a poem for today, an ode to Fred. I did not. VAR, that is surely that one. Not VAR. <laughs> VAR did its duty. Didn't go above. Yeah, didn't go above. Um, could have been Fred. Another good performance. Could have been Bruno Fernandez. Sweet corner. Could have been Maguire. Yeah, a leader's header. Yeah, celebrating with a fan. That's what we like to see. Uh, could have been a Galo. Yeah, guy coming on. You know, playing his debut for his boyhood club. I was very pleased. I watched like a 15-minute interview with Gallo the other day. What a, what a man. What a, what, a, what, a, what, a, what a man. What a player. What a signing. Yeah? Instead, it's going to be Eric ba- Bailey Bailly. I don't know what, how to pronounce his name. Eric Bailly. Uh, or shall we call him Eric Beckenbauer? Yeah? <laughs> Mate, it was Batshuayi. I know that, but... He hasn't played, he, I don't think he's played a game since, well, for fucking ever. I don't remember the last time he started. And um, he was very, very good, I thought. A couple of last minute blocks, which obviously isn't always the best sign of a defender. But on the ball, he was quite composed. I think other than one time he gave it away. But I thought coming in at Stamford Bridge, regardless of what Wood says about it, you know, not being the, you know, the, it's a bit more of a pressure cooker for the home team these days. Stamford Bridge is still a hard place to play. Because the fans are loud and they're cunts. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I thought he did very well. And I, I was pleased to see him back. Um, Lindelof, I like him, but he's been, he gets a very easy ride for Man United fans for some reason. So I was happy to see his, his place being challenged. That's good, good for him to be back. I guess it's just how long his knees can last, right? That's the question. Last, right? That's the question. He's not got long left on his deal, right? 
No, not that I understand. It's fascinating what's going to happen. Happen there. I mean, they have to extend, right? Um, based on one performance. Yeah. It but gets back to On that note, though, I, I will reiterate Ollie out. Yeah. I do like that. <laughs> mate, tell, what, tell what, one of those fans of the fans in the ground, mate. Mate, well, yeah, but we fucking, as I said to you yesterday, we sang Mourinho's name when he was uh, on his last days. You know what I mean? The only manager's name we didn't sing was Moyes. No, not true. Well, we sang it, but not at the you, end. You, Oh, at the end, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I was saying, like Mourinho was still getting charged on his last fucking day there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we, we, with with Oli, um, if he gets European football, mate, he's going nowhere. Yeah, but maybe we so, can just cling on to Bruno. So the, and, and the thing, Bruno, is, you'll save me, won't you? I'm okay with this because we get to watch Manchester United in Europe, and they'll have one of those fantastic European nights, and then they'll get a complete hiding off someone. Um, and as I said to you, as I said to you earlier on this season. Being in the Champions League and being there to make up the numbers is bullshit. It is. uh, Mate, I've got zero interest in watching Chelsea play Bayern Munich next week. I don't want it. I don't need it. I don't care. Why do I want to watch that? Like, Why why do I want to put myself through that? Lewandowski versus that lot. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh, I want to see that. (laughs) Um, On that note, we're going to wrap it up now. We're an hour and 22 minutes in. The producer of the show today has had a fucking nightmare, (laughs) right? Do you know what? Last last week we had Kieran on and I wanted to let it run because I was enjoying, you know, the conversation. And to be fair, we had obviously the Man United Chelsea. To be fair, he spoke a good what was the section? 30, 26 minutes on Chelsea. And that was meant to be you your, allowed your, You was meant to be coming in, whumming him and being all glorious and you know, loving it. And literally it's just twenty six minutes of listening to how bad Chelsea are. They are bad. Thing is, Lee, what would you rather do? Would you rather go up to someone and hit them in the head with a frying pan or poison their food so over time they die <laughs> and you can slowly watch the sufferings? Is that what Woods is doing to us with his Chelsea chair? Hey, oh, I see, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, no, look, the show is what it is. It's still a phrase from Love Island that means absolutely nothing. Um, but yeah, that's the show. I've enjoyed it. You would have? Yes. And I have, have I warmed you as much as you thought I would? No, but you, no, you I, I didn't. I, I, to be honest, mate. To be honest, Mikey, I, I never suspected it of you. Oh. The guy sitting next to you. Ah, oh, do pull your tongue out of his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the boy sitting next to you is he, he's the king worm. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't come um, come a bit harder on it. But I think he was I, too I, enthralled I, by your hairstyle. Now <laughs> the, hair, the hair blew me away, mate. I couldn't, I couldn't go <laughs> savage on you. you you're, you're like a different man to me now. That's, that's, this is this is good news. And I was feeling your pain last night in the messages as well, so I felt like it had been a bit harsh. And uh, uh, you know, there's an easy scapegoat as we've mentioned already in Batshuayi. So Batshuayi, but uh, like I said, I think Frank Frank can't get a free pass on this one. But it's one to it's one to monitor with, uh, before we do wrap this up. Just with Frank Lampard, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how it pans out, mate, because. The Chelsea fans, they, they, they can only tolerate so much for so long. The question I asked you at the start, after when you were having that good run, I said multiple times, what happens when he feels the heat? How does he handle adversity? Because he hasn't faced a test yet. Right now, he's facing a test. And I, I know, for all we know, he could, in three weeks' time, we could be saying, crisis, what crisis, right? Or come the end of the season, we could be saying, oh, that was just a funny blip. Look how amazing we are now. You know, but like, it's interesting. I'm with you, Lee. I'm watching closely because it's, I'm fascinated to see how this plays out. Because unlike, so, I feel like, I feel like with United, Solskjaer could go tomorrow. You know what I mean? And I don't yeah. think the fans would be, I, I think there'd be obviously a lot of people upset about it. 
but I don't think it would be anywhere near the level of like implosion that would happen at Chelsea. Do you know what I mean? No, I completely agree, mate. Um, Unless it ultimate... happens, if, if it happens longer, if it goes on for longer, Great. then you can understand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. If it, if it happens, yeah, like basically the longer he leaves, uh, Roman uh, leaves uh, Frank there and he's struggling, then the worst, is, well, the worst uh, situation he puts himself in in terms of the fans. If he gets rid of them sooner rather than later, then, then the fans will explode. Oh, if it goes on yeah. for a long time, then the fans will surely have to, the, the pressure will mount. I'm sure there was expectations put on Frank for this season. Um, I, I don't know uh, what they were. I'm sure top four was a requirement. Um, I don't think he's going to be turfed out before we get to this time next season. Let's put it that way. I think he's going to be given adequate time. It's just, uh, look, there's no pressure because he didn't spend any money. It's as simple as that. Um, and the fact that he's a, a, a the, the biggest legend at our football club... Um, can I ask you a question? Have you yeah. ever, have you ever pinned your dreams on one entity like you like you are doing now with Jaden Sancho? <laughs> Funny enough, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Jaden Sancho does change everything. We've already touched on that, but he changes everything for a lot of football clubs. Um, I want Jaden Sancho at Chelsea Football Club. I've, I've made that abundantly clear for the best part of God knows how long. <laughs> However, watching last night, I can't help but feel that. Um, Putting Jaden Sancho into that team does it does it really solve the, the the issues of the fact that we've got two goalkeepers that wouldn't see even the bench at Manchester United? You know, um, it, it it does. We we are playing under FFP apparently. We'll see. Maybe, maybe City kill FFP uh, with their court case, and then we can go wild again. But um, <laughs> spending one hundred and fifty million pounds on 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 a player like Sancho who really tends to be the missing piece of the jigsaw, right? That's the kind of player that that is. Um, when we haven't got key pieces in critical areas, such as a goalkeeper, such as, um, you know, defensively questionable. Um, who knows? There's a lot of talk that Sancho is edging towards Chelsea. I, I think it's the club which makes a lot of sense for him. Um, but I could also see something in the summer where he ends up at Liverpool. That'd be horrible, wouldn't it? And one question it would for be me horrible. was one very quick question: yes or no? Is Frank Lampard managing Chelsea this time next year? Yes, he will be, because um, <laughs> it's February. I'd be I'd be very surprised if he's turfed out before February next year. Mm, okay, remember this. You know, my favourite thing is that Woods literally asked himself that question and answered it about three minutes ago. Oh, did he? Then you, then you asked him. Did you, Where is going on at Chelsea? Pretty, pretty much. Look, there's no way he was go, he's going this year. Uh, but if we're in a similar situation next year, I think things might start to get different. I, I, I imagine he gets this year and he gets next year. And if it still hasn't worked, it'll be thank you in the summer. That's a long uh, time. I, I just... It is. In, it especially is. nowadays. I, I just don't see it happening. I, I, the, the, the reason why I think he'll be given as much time as possible is because the age of the players. We're still talking about Chelsea. Fuck yeah, hell. come on. Let's say let's say our goodbyes. <laughs> you keep asking me. Right, this is me. <laughs> we're missing valuable Champions League football here. We are. We are. Um, uh, to give you an idea, I believe Liverpool are losing. We 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 we're more interested in the Dortmund PSG game. That's nil nil. Oh, ah, fair enough. We'll all go and watch it now. Anyway, it's been a cracker of a show. Thank you for listening. Um, yeah. But the next time you see me, yeah, because I'm going to Madrid on Friday. I'll have Madrid stories to tell you because I'm going to have to choose a Madrid team to support if I ever move out there. Do not dirtbag this, mate. 
You come back. You come back as a dirtbag. I'm cancelling the podcast. Mate, you should go to Getafe. <clears throat> yeah. Be a di- bit different. Go a bit wild. Yeah. Do a Lee. Be a support team that no one really knows. Obviously, I would never go and be a Real do, Madrid fan. Do it. Do a Lee. Uh, Mikey, I believe that the team that are currently champions are. Uh, um, Barcelona, right? I should support them then, shouldn't I, really? Because that's exactly what you do. What, you're going to support Barcelona in Madrid? Yeah, mate. Maverick. You support Everton in London, what? It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> completely different. <laughs> On that note, goodbye. Arrivederci. <laughs>